they have to engage something. They have to see themselves as growing and learning and developing, and they must attribute that growth and learning and developing to their own actions, their own effort. Because if they attribute that to anything else, like mom and dad did this for me, my coach made it happen, that undermines self-confidence. So please, parents, let your kids struggle a little bit. Let them you know, get through it. Uh, it's so critically important to have them be the captains of their ship at this age. Hello, and welcome to the Quaker Matters podcast. On our very special first episode, we are joined by Wilmington Friends Head of Middle School, Mr. Jonathan Huxtable. In our discussion today, Mr. Huxtable and I discuss how to empower middle school students and why it is crucial to their success, various ways to handle conflict, and the inevitable bumps that a middle school student will have along their journey, and the numerous lessons that can be learned outside of the classroom. It is our hope that this discussion might help young families as they begin to imagine what they want their child's middle school experience to look like. Hope you enjoy. We are now joined by Wilmington Friends, head of middle school, Mr. Jonathan Huxtable. Mr. Huxtable, how are you today? I'm doing well, thanks Jake. Today we wanna discuss Wilmington Friends School's approach to learning that goes beyond surface level facts and helps families gain a deeper understanding of our approach to preparing children to thrive. So I want to start here. How do you empower students and help them begin to take ownership of their learning at the middle school level? I think, you know, 11 to 14 year olds are in that really critical stage of life where this is where their self-concepts that last with them the rest of their lives are developed and reinforced. And if we think about any of us who have made it to our adult years and we think about what we enjoy, what we might be good at, what we are not so good at, what we like to avoid, uh, so much of that was formed in middle school. Um, I, I think as far as empowering kids, it's critical that students feel a sense of responsibility at this age. They need to know that they matter, that their contributions to the groups they belong to matter, uh, that they're not just skating through. Uh, this is not a time just to get through and get on to high school. 150 years ago, uh, these kids were critical elements of their families. They contributed in really meaningful ways, existential ways to the family. They were you know, taking care of younger siblings. They were harvesting eggs in the morning. They were milking cows. They're doing things that an 11 to 14 year old, by virtue of their developmental stage and their physical maturation could handle and could do, and they were needed to, to do that. In this day and age, 21st century, uh, so much of it is wait till you're older. Wait till you, you know, get to college. Wait till you graduate. Wait till, wait till you can drive. All these wait, wait, wait. And the kids don't have a sense of their value in a way. That's why in our service learning program, it's so critical for us to have students have experiences 
beyond the walls of the school where they're earning an earnest thank you. Like, thank you for what you did, whether it's shoveling a neighbor's driveway or working at the Lutheran Community Services uh, Food Bank or volunteering in any other number of ways or doing their seventh grade service project that they do. Um, an 11 to 14 year old to hear an adult person say, thank you, what you did really made a difference for me. That is gold. That is gold and that lights up an 11 to 14 year old's world. Um, and it's no longer wait, wait, wait. It's saying, hey, we need you. What can you contribute? I think that's part of the empowerment piece. You know, we do it in any number of ways in the middle school. We have a, a monthly business meeting that is facilitated by students, that they run the business of the middle school when it comes to making recommendations for improving the school and making suggestions about the way the life of students might be different in the middle school. Um, it comes from just the very nature of our classroom, the pedagogy we use. Uh, so often students come to our school as very knowledgeable kids. You know, they're, they've thrived in more traditional settings or you know, those that have come through have a little different way of, of approaching it. So rather than regurgitating to a teacher, you know, here's what I know, here's what you just told me and here's what I'm telling you back, the teacher will say, well, what do you think? And oftentimes kids will look around and say, well, wait a second, what do you mean what do I think? Uh, and they'll stumble and they'll stammer through that. But eventually they get to the point where, all right, I know that my insights matter, my life experience matters, my interpretation of the world matters, and here's how I'm contributing to our larger conversation around that. So my hope and my expectation would be that every student that comes through our middle school has a real understanding of the value of their voice and that they contribute to that learning experience in the classroom in just the same way the teacher does. We see oftentimes when students are met with obstacles, teachers, parents want to jump in and lay out the solution for the child. So I'd like to know from you, how important is it for students to overcome these obstacles, jump over these hurdles by themselves in their own learning? Our, our hope and expectation in middle school is that every child is gonna fall flat in their face at some point with some struggle. Uh, the kids I worry about the most are the ones that breeze through middle school unencumbered by academic challenge or social challenge or athletic challenge or performing arts challenge. They, everything comes naturally and easily to them and they're the ones that are being set up for the greatest fall. So when they first encounter a challenge in their life, and they will because everybody encounters some level of challenge in their life, they're the ones that are set up for falling apart. The ones that have part of their experience of learning from failing and learning from struggling are the ones who've developed resilience, a sense of perseverance, and also the sense of, you know what, last time I was in this situation, I got through it this way. What am I gonna do now? Oftentimes when kids come to teachers or coaches with a problem, the teachers and coaches will turn it right back on them and say, so what are you gonna do about that? Wow, that's tough. What's your plan? How can I help you? And putting it back on the child because ultimately, the solution that matters is going to be the one that the child comes up with and is able to execute on their own. Now, as adults, we're going to provide and support and guide, but we're not going to solve for. Uh, that is a detriment to that child's development. I think, you know, the most well-meaning adult and parent particularly, the questions I've gotten over the years, the, the, I think one of the most challenging is the one that says, how can I improve my child's self-confidence? How can I improve my child's self-confidence? You can't. 
And just by asking the question and trying to do it that way, you're undermining their ability to develop self-confidence. They have to engage something. They have to see themselves as growing and learning and developing, and they must attribute that growth and learning and developing to their own actions, their own effort. Because if they attribute that to anything else, like mom and dad did this for me, my coach made it happen, that undermines self-confidence. So please, parents, let your kids struggle a little bit. Let them you know, get through it. Uh, it's so critically important to have them be the captains of their ship at this age. Now, we're not going to let them go off and you know, cross the ocean right now, but they're going to take little jaunts out in the harbor, uh, and they're going to get a feel for you know, what the water's like and how to, how to adjust the sails when they need to adjust the sails. Um, but it's, it's their journey, and, and we need to be supporting them, making sure that you know, the waters don't get too rough, but allowing them to feel, feel the tug and pull of that experience. During their middle school journey and, you know, during this period of self-discovery, middle school students are going to make mistakes and have some transgressions here or there. I guess I want to know, how do you approach conflict and other bumps in the journey knowing at the middle school level this stuff is inevitable? Uh, we live for those learning moments. That's, that's what middle school is all about. Um, you know, our vehicle for teaching varies. You know, obviously we've got math and science and English and social studies and, and world language and music and performing arts and computer science and all the list of classes that we have. Those are vehicles. Those are vehicles for teaching skills, lifelong skills. Another one of those vehicles is when conflict occurs. Uh, when there is a conflict between students, a conflict between child and adult, um, or whatever the nature of the conflict is, those are learning opportunities that we need to embrace. And so oftentimes it's working to help understand you know, what are the sources of that conflict, uh, what is the power or power imbalance in that conflict, uh, working with students to better understand their role uh, in that conflict. Oftentimes, and most oftentimes, conflict is not a one-sided thing. Uh, there are two participants in it, and I think you know, we really work to help understand that there very rarely is a, is a true victim in a conflict, uh, that somehow there's a, a mutual uh, relationship there, that our job is to say, how do we move forward? What's it going to take to move beyond this? Um, when there has been some form of, uh, of uh, transgression, uh, regarding our middle school expectations and the high values we place on interpersonal respect and, and approaches to being together in community. Our job is not only to help a child understand our concern about the violation of guidelines and, and expectations, but to help them better understand why it's important. You know, why do you think it's so important to us that that not happen or that those words not be spoken um, or people be put in those situations? And I think that's part of that learning and discovery piece that middle school students have to go through. I think middle school students, and I think anybody that knows a middle school child knows that they love to use words and words that have power, but they don't always know what those words mean or why they could be hurtful. Uh, and our job is to work to deconstruct that. Uh, so often students will say to us, after the process of going through this, you know, restorative justice piece, you know, to restore themselves to a place of good standing after making a mistake, they'll say to us, 
well, how was I supposed to know that would hurt someone that way? Or how was I supposed to know that someone would feel that way about what I said? And that's the learning piece. So middle school students, they are designed to exercise whatever power they have, and they most often do it very effectively with their parents, with eye rolls and dismissive comments and so forth. And man, do they have power over their parents at those moments. Um, but they also don't always understand the impact of those actions. And what we really work to do is help them better understand the impact and then what they're going to need to do to kind of make up for the hurt that was caused. And how do they restore themselves to a place of good standing in the community? Uh, and how do they demonstrate that they have learned from that experience? And so much of it is not an apology or an apology letter or a, oh, I'm sorry, let's move on. It's living that life of saying, hey, I now know by my actions moving forward that you'll be able to tell that I've learned something. You know, here's, here's how I'm going to choose to move forward. And that's a really powerful thing. And that usually only happens when there's a truly emotional response to something. You know, when the tears well up and someone recognizes the fact that maybe first they're in trouble, but secondly, what harm might have been caused or what hurt might have been caused by their comment or action, that's the beginning of the learning moment. And that's the beginning of that restoration of, wow, maybe I should have done things differently. Here's what I'll do next time. And here's how I'm going to let my life speak about what I've learned. We have touched on a lot of teachable moments that happen in the classroom during the middle school level. I think what's special about Wilmington Friends School is the three-sport requirement for middle school students and that all eighth graders are required to put on, perform in, have some type of role in an eighth grade play. So just how valuable do you think this three-sport requirement is to the middle school student and performing in that eighth grade play? It is absolutely invaluable. Uh, in just the same way that we require every eighth grader to participate in our eighth grade musical, whether or not that child thinks they can sing or dance or do something on stage or be contri contribute to a musical production, the three-sport requirement does the same thing. We expect students to challenge themselves, to learn something new about themselves, and to grow as a team, as a community. There are things we can teach through athletics that we can't come close to teaching in the classroom. Um, I love middle school sports because you're bringing together at the beginning of a season a collection of student athletes who may not recognize themselves as student athletes at first or may have such a wide range of experience in that sport like the child that shows up to soccer practice who isn't really sure you know what soccer is all about or whether you can use your hands or not then you've got this kid who's been on a travel soccer team since they were you know four years old and they have to come together and they have to form a workable unit, a workable team. That's school-based athletics. It's not, you know, taking the elite and putting them in a position. But if you look at the success of our varsity athletic program, I attribute that directly to the, the formation of these groups in middle school and having kids work together for five, six years as a unit as they grow together and develop. And a school our size, we have to, we, we value and we have to rely upon those kids that showed up on day one at soccer practice or as a wrestler or as a, a field hockey player to develop skills and become a contributing member of that varsity program down the road. And I love looking at kids and at coaches and teams and saying, look how far you've come. 
Do you remember the first day of practice, seventh grade? Do you remember how awkward this felt? Do you remember how you know challenging it was for you? I think middle school football is a great example of that. You know, you get kids like, which way does the helmet go on? And, and what pad does this cover? What part of the body? And then you get these, you know, 11 kids all working together, you know, simultaneously doing different things to make one singular thing happen. That to me is a great example of teamwork and to build this, this thing that we're working to build within our community um, about togetherness, cohesion, uh, and working together for a common purpose. I think the other great thing about athletics and being a part of a larger community, you know, we all need at our very core to feel like we belong to something. So to feel and know that we belong to something and that there's a purpose greater than just ourselves. And you know, one very small and in the big scheme of things, minuscule example is I'm a member of the volleyball team and we are working together to achieve this that neither one of us alone can do. In a much larger sense, I'm a member of Wilmington Friends School and we together are working to achieve this that neither one of us alone can do. And all the while developing skills and abilities that are gonna you know, foster change in this world for years to come. And you know, each one of these requirements I think helps bring us a little bit closer to that objective. We're going to uh, transition here. You've been kind to share a lot of knowledge about Wilmington Friends School and the middle school in particular, but I want our audience to learn a little bit more about you. So we're going to do what I like to call the Mad Minute segment, just a few rapid-fire question and answer between me and you. So first question, favorite TV show? See, this is going to be really boring quickly here, Jake. Uh, my favorite TV show, like TV show ever or current TV show? Uh, ever. Ever. Oh, my God. Um, big fan of Lost. St. Elsewhere was great back in the day in the 80s. Um, and quite frankly, you know, if I, I'd have to say The Cosby Show because the, the last name came to prominence as a result of that show. So uh, I could probably go on for many others, uh, but I'll stop. Favorite spot on campus? Favorite spot on campus? Um, it, well, the baseball field is hard to hard to pry me away from that spot. Staying in that direction, then. Favorite memory as a coach? Favorite memory as a coach? Uh, too many to share. Uh, but I say my favorite, my greatest satisfaction as a coach, is having kids come back uh, long after their playing days in high school and sharing. A, a lot about what their playing days meant to them and how they carried the lessons forward in their lives. Favorite baseball team? Grew up in Boston, so I've come to it, you know, uh, honestly, I'm a, a true uh, dyed-in-the-wool Red Sox fan. And who's your favorite Red Sox player of all time? My favorite Red Sox player of all time. Um, man, there's so many. But I'm a big fan of the utility player. So I think... Less heralded guys. Uh, I was recently a big fan of Brock Holt. Uh, or we are talking about, let's see, back in the day, maybe like a Dave Stapleton or guys that just filled roles and did what needed to be done to get the job done. Those are my favorites. Last segment here, we're going to transition again. This segment is titled Ring the Bell. Same two questions to each podcast guest. My first question for you is, what do you want your legacy to be? Or another way to look at this is, what do you hope middle school students say about you once they have completed middle school and are transitioning to the high school level? Uh, that's easy, it's not about me. It's about this incredible team of teachers that I get to work with and learn from on a daily basis. Uh, they're the people that inspire me. 
Um, I want folks to think of their experience in middle school and being 11 to 14 as being a really magical time of life, a time when they discovered so much about themselves, when they were surrounded by people who cared about them, uh, who were ready to challenge them uh, when needed, support them when needed. Um, so for me, the legacy is about just that vibe of this period of life and knowing that they were surrounded by and supported by and taught by what I consider to be the best team of middle school teachers in the country. I, I Hands down, the, this is a phenomenally experienced but ever-changing group of people. That never, no one's ever satisfied with how they do things here. And I love seeing that growth and that willingness to try new things and move forward. Um, it's, it's an inspiring group of people I get to work with and the fact that I get to support their work um, is, is really meaningful to me. Last question, what's your why? My why is simple. It's to try to make this world a better place than it is right now. Um, not to say it's a bad place, but if each of us can do our own little part, that's what we do. So do what you can with what you have. Mr. Uxbull, thank you so much for taking the time to share your thoughts and insights on Wilmington Friends School and in particular the middle school program. So thank you so much and I appreciate you taking the time. Always good talking with you. Enjoy, enjoy the opportunities.